Hello, fellow travelers. This is David Woods, your host and trusted guide. Welcome to our little fellowship as we gather to discuss the Christian life in a post-Christian world. We are broadcasting from Babylon with love. I am thrilled today to be sitting down with a good friend of mine, pastor extraordinaire, uh, Aaron Gomez is here with us today. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Aaron. Now, Aaron is a pastor of a church in the Bay Area, um, and the name of that church is Bayside Community Church. That is correct. Bayside, which is also the high school that Zach Morris attended. Very true. And saved by the bell. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. <laughs> Any connection there? Any actual connection? Not at all. Okay. I wish, though. So I'm, I'm just thinking, is that in a fictional California town? Based yes, on? yes. All right. Um, Aaron is uh, on the pod today to talk about some different things, some things about pastoring, about what it is to just live that day-to-day life, walking with Jesus. But one thing that I really wanted to talk to uh, Aaron about is singleness, the subject of singleness in the church. Mm, and as I'm looking fun, at it, fun. you are so single. Very single. That, and yet, and this is what's great about this, is you are a pastor who is single. Now, in Christian land, mm. where you and I both uh, dabble, yep. um, to be single, ooh. Not good. Not, <laughs> it's just straight okay, up. Even if nobody says anything... Just a general atmosphere, general vibe uh-huh. is oh, uh, uh, how or 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 maybe every time you see certain people. So Aaron, yep. where is uh, who's the yeah? Where's where is she? Everybody's a matchmaker in church. Everybody, for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially for their pastor, I would imagine. Oh, but, for sure. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so the subject of singleness in the church, especially in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. is what I want to talk about. You have a perspective of being a single guy in a church, but also now a single pastor guy of a church. And you are the senior pastor of Bayside Community Church. Yep. And you are, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay, now see, they used to say, if you got to 30 without getting married as an evangelical Christian, <laughs> it, was, it was over, right? Like yes, was, yes, yes, yes. I've was gotten that end. curse before. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we're joking, but there is an absolute vibe for decades absolutely that unless or until um marriage and family has happened you know you're just not quite fully human human yeah right right. you're not it hasn't it hasn't you know you haven't sort of reached the place that you need to reach and so then the the subtext is that you should you should be looking i guess all the time like that Mm -hmm. if you're Single, you must always be obsessively mm-hmm. wondering and praying and mm-hmm. begging God for that person, right? What is your experience? Maybe before we do the pastor thing, because that is a little niche, but that's really interesting as well. Just as a single guy in the church, you, you kind of grew up in the church, raised in a Christian home. Um, you're Hispanic, and there's an expectation there. For sure. Uh, I would imagine. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, that a cultural expectation. So, wh- like, what is it growing up in church, going through your 20s as a single guy uh, in California, evangelical Christian land? Well, the experience is quite daunting and not fun because there is this invisible expectation for singles in church world mm-hmm. where uh, you have to be married by a certain age. And if you're not, you are stigmatized, you're look down on, as you kind of already said, you kind of get that do condescending. They do they, what's, where do you, sometimes they do say it, uh, like straight up, <laughs> no, they straight up say, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you found somebody? Wow. And this is like by 21 years old, right? I by guess. 21. Yeah, so yeah. you're already feeling that. Yeah. You're already feeling that. Right after high school, For sure, right after yeah. college. Yeah. Because of the curriculum and the sermons and because like relationship. What do you mean? The curriculum well, and the sermons? Well, you know, because I was raised in the church and what you hear from the pulpit is, you know, marriage, family, is the best thing ever. That's like the high priority. That's the mm. false idol, right, mm. in churchland. And so if that is the case, that's what people are doing, generally speaking, well, if you're not having that, you're not chasing after that, then that's why you're the one off to a different lane. Like something's wrong with you. Of course. Or, or, yeah. or, 
or maybe worse like oh like we should like you deserve pity or something of course yeah. oh well we, we need to help him help her oh, right and now they gotta come yeah, to let's, let's, let's go let's just see what's going on with you and it's like <laughs> i mean I, if i could get like a penny for every time somebody came to me in the church found out i was seeing like oh i i know somebody can yeah yeah, yeah. i i would be really rich You'd be a rich man. yeah for even sure. in the bay area even in the bay area yeah exactly yeah so you go, you're, are you mostly single through through your twenties? All single, yeah. Whoa, okay. So yeah. so even that. And then what about your family on the family side? Like, is that unique amongst your your brothers? Yeah. So all my brothers got married at twenty two, oh, same age, snap. all of them. Okay. Hispanic so. family. <laughs> my mom and dad got married at eighteen and seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so for the Hispanic culture, marriage early is normal. Totally. It's even you know really preached, expected, hoped for. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, being the oddball, it was kind of like, what the heck? And, you know, for years, my parents were like, oh, we understand it. You're com- putting God first, your your job, career. Okay. Make it, you can look at it a secular way, like, oh, yeah. it's job first, right? Get your things in you're order. You're busy. It's not like you're being lazy. No, no, not at all. Yeah, You yeah. just have your priorities. Yeah. You're trying but to get the school I done. But when I turned over 25, 26, that's ah. when the parents try to like come in and you're out of college you got going in the at least sort of ministry world yeah that you had been trained for mm-hmm. um and then still <laughs> still, and still nothing still nothing and again nothing. let me say this that yes. not because i chose to be it's just because i'm choosing god first right? right i mean it's not like i'm not looking of course i'm looking right i've dated of course but um just so far i haven't found the one that's not stuck. happening yeah. yeah not happening so um, that being the case, you know, you, you, I've been living this life and then nothing still committed wise with another right. person. And so you, know, you get the parents coming in like, oh, what's wrong? Or, oh, yeah, mijo, what's mijo. going on? I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm, oh. and, like, and then it, it gets worse and worse. And at first, of course, I kind of bother him like, oh my gosh, mom, right. like, dad, relax. Right, right. Uh, but no, I accept. I think I, I I think it's cool actually. So I don't get bothered by it anymore. You survived those those years. Yeah, those years, yeah. and they still do it. But I I totally love it now. I know what they're doing. Well, I let just, me ask you this it. then: um, Did you internalize any of like like okay, we can talk about people, what people say, or how they're always asking about relationships? We can yeah. talk about how the culture is obsessed with with romance for right? sure yeah. obsessed with romance obsessed with relationships yeah maybe not so good at marriage but obsessed mm-hmm. with relationships right yeah, yeah yeah um so you could roll your eyes uh getting these questions everyone's trying mm-hmm. to set you up whatever but as far as you you said you know you it's not like you were against it you're you're mm-hmm. open to the possibility of meeting the right person um, so do you internalize that kind of stigmatism of people's views or how the church is presenting? Did that start to like weigh on you at all personally? Uh, yes, initially. I mean, when I was probably 16 to maybe the age 23, those are hard years yeah, because yeah. again, that's like the high peak season for me and my family and my for peers. brothers like, for sure. Brothers and even peers, right? College. Okay, peers. For sure. I went to a Christian um, uh, liberal arts school, conservative. Christian. So all my majority classmates getting married right after graduation. Yeah. Uh, one person got married the day um, after graduation. Dang. Like all these people doing yeah. that. And then there's me in the corner. <laughs> Dark cloud. Always and a best man. This, this, <laughs> this guy has issues. And um, so first uh, that, that kind of did bother me. And I was finding my identity, my my mm. bliss, and finding the one, right? Mm. And so there was those times where that was an idol I was chasing after. And if I only found my wife, then I'll be happy, fulfilled, and everything else will be nice and peachy. Uh, so I did have to wrestle out of that, and I did. So by the time I hit 24, 25, I was very confident who I am in the Lord with my singleness. Mm. Um, how, can I ask, how? How did you wrestle through that? How did you settle yeah. into... Being confident in your singleness, where the Lord had you, your spiritual growth, you know, whatever else yeah. is going on. How did you get there? Because people, I mean, it, that's a hard place to get to if people get there at all. Absolutely. I, what helped me was strictly the Word of God. I think, you know, I had to not listen to the Christian culture and world. Right, so we in the church were always like, "Don't listen to the world," right. and you're like, "Don't listen to the Christian world," <laughs> yeah, which is sad to say, yeah, but sad to say. but but it's true because uh, uh, you have to go to the Word of God, and, and you look at the Word of God, and and God loves single people, mm. and it's kind of funny because I always like Jesus, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's funny when <laughs> and I the Apostle talk Paul? to people about this subject, yeah. and people who are, are in favor of 
pastors should be married or like, right. you know, if you're single, something's wrong with you. Mm. I always like tell them like, but biblically speaking, New Testament, right. like singleness are the more, you know, considered more spiritual actually, not the least. Paul's like, I wish. <laughs> I wish you could be, everyone could be which single is, which like Which is me. so ironic because like they're telling me that I'm not spiritual enough. I'm right. not adult enough, but yet biblically speaking, Jesus, right. Paul, right? right? Like they gave these most beautiful words and yeah. affirmations to single people in the church. So for me, guiding through that, looking that up and finding my value in God alone and Him and who I am as yeah. is yeah. was very crucial for me. And that's kind of what started it and how I kind of had to um, really uh, replay that over and over again and seeing how though these churches, these people might look down on me and might not see me as qualified, but Jesus God does actually think that way. I mean, I can handle this responsibility and that because I'm um, single doesn't mean I'm can't do this job. And you're talking now in particular in the context of, of ministry. Of course, of course, right. the ministry and... How can... Right, this is always the Protestant joke about Catholic priests. They don't get what it's like. How can they do marriage counseling? Right, How yeah, can they talk totally. to me about children, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, if they have this vow of celibacy and they've never actually <laughs> had families? Totally, totally. Right. I got that complaint a few weeks ago. I did I was, I did a no wedding way. and I, I was doing marriage prep counseling yeah. and then a friend texted me and was like, don't you need to be like married before you do that? Is that a requirement? I'm like, um, read your Bible. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was. I, I get that, and I will continue as, yeah, until I'm single. Sure. And I understand that, sure. but it's they say those things out of ignorance of the scripture. I think. Well, okay, let's let's push on that a little bit yeah. because obviously they're thinking Adam and Eve. For sure, they're thinking uh, it's not good for the man to be alone. Yeah, Pastor Gomez, isn't it? But Bible just say that it is not good for the man to be alone. Something's wrong. He needs a helper suitable for him mm-hmm. who can be accountable. He can be accountable to. He can be responsible to, can refine him, challenge him, grow him in the things so that the Lord can say, this is good. Mm-hmm. Male and female, mm-hmm. they were. he created them in his image. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do if they're like, here's some Bible. Um, I got the man alone is bad. Right. And then you say, you got this New Testament thing. So what is the missing piece there of alone is not healthy, but you're not saying, when you say single, yes. you're not saying alone correct right, isolated yeah, yeah you're saying something different correct so you could be in a marriage you're still feel alone mm. and that's something I, I have to repeat to those people is that just because you have found someone you're still gonna have those problems of being lo- having loneliness it doesn't right. fix the problem and so this is the beauty of the church though is that uh, for singles you don't have to be alone uh, the the family of God is so grand and deep where singles can find their fulfillment and receive those needs of other people. Mm. Uh, so suitable helper doesn't have to be a romantic, right. opposite gender kind of help, right? right? It could be completely a brother, older or younger. Yeah. And so that is the answer. That is the solution. I think. So that's, that accountability. So uh-huh. during your singleness, this is maybe something that's missing in other stories or something. I'm not sure. But during your singleness, you're you're in the church. You're connected yeah. to the body of Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, in and around ministry in one capacity as sort of your your vocation. Yeah. But you're also just a member of the body. Sure. And connected to other believers, mm-hmm. different ages, mm-hmm. whatever you know, different genders, mm-hmm. um, and so you're not alone. No, you're not unknown. Mm-hmm. You're not unaccounted for or unaccountable. Mm-hmm. Um, you are able to press into relationships and friendships in Christ mm-hmm. that you're saying is like is the Lord's provision, as it would have been for Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. That that helper, that that provision of the one who can walk beside you was there in a different key uh, in the context of the church. Do you think Do you think because it can feel so uh, maybe, and I don't want to push this too hard, but unwelcoming to be single for very long in the church, it makes it harder for single people to want to be connected to the church? Like, Say that question again. Like if, if we have... Um, maybe without meaning to suggested that they are that every single person is waiting, yeah, and uh, and hoping, and um, and then maybe sadly still waiting mm-hmm. and still hoping mm-hmm. um, that it could sort of make it feel like it's not 
that they don't have a place by themselves oh, in the okay. church. Okay, okay, yeah. Like, as the years go mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. and they remain in the church, mm-hmm. still single, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dealing with all the questions, yes. all the people trying to set them up, that they would maybe, whether it's true or not, that they would maybe feel like, ah, I just, it's like like exhausting to regularly be there uh, in people's eyes as sort of incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that the experience of some of single Christians is that it's hard to stay a part of the church. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. that is totally true. Yeah, I, I see that all the time. And, you know, I have in my own church a good probably 40% are single. Hmm. And, and these are grown adults now, mortgages. Um, and so I have to speak to that light and say they're still important and valuable. And not to get weary and really to ch- change the narrative of their life, the narrative, which, which is to say... You know, all these years of them hearing, oh, you have to get with somebody and then God will like expand your territory, all that stuff. Like <laughs> whatever that means, like I'm the one. Quivers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You got to get some quivers. Like, I'm always conscious and aware to redirect, rewrite that story of saying, hey, even though you're single and you probably be single forever, accept that, right? Mm. However, that's not a bad thing. You're talking about people, yeah. In the church that are older, dealing with that, older, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. And 40 and over, maybe if th- their time is, clock is up, right? I'm like, no, 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 that, that's that's not the case. And so it's about like reframing the story yeah. for them and giving them duties and responsibilities in the church. So. Yeah. So making sure that it's clear um, there isn't some there isn't some waiting game. Where no, we're, yeah, we're all just in the background, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, poor yeah. so and so. I just wish, if only, right? Like <laughs> yeah. maybe even if that comes from a loving place, that that is like the worst kind of um, dismissive mm-hmm. or demeaning thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whether anyone's meaning to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that narrative needs to be changed for certain people who are single mm-hmm. and see it as like a, either that they need to be obsessed with finding someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we're in this age of, of the online dating world where, you know, I was talking to, I forget uh, how long ago, but I was talking to a, a friend who said, you know, it is perfectly easy to fall into staying home at night on a Friday night, just scrolling through people mm-hmm. on various online dating sites. Yeah. Not trying to be like weird or anything, but like yeah. genuinely like not even interacting in the world in a certain way mm-hmm. by just like going through the Rolodex again of online dating people's profiles. And so like in in a world which we're in which we're sort of saying Hey, you should be like you know obsessed with this. Like, like we're gonna like tempt you to yeah. always be thinking get in the about game. This. Get you yeah, the game. Yeah. Make yourself available. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get out there. Yeah. You gotta you gotta dress. Hey, you gotta dress up. It's all you about the profile. Take care. Yeah, <laughs> caption. So so like in that world, maybe now, especially for you know folks in our generation. Mm-hmm. I'm older, older, but younger, where the the world is offering like this, like always shopping for. Uh, partner um, kind of opportunity what kind of like what kind of balance or discipline does it take to be single changing that narrative so that you're not just like obsessed with trying to find someone Mm -hmm. so that you you know finally whatever Um, but but finding something from the Lord that is for now and and isn't waiting for something that can give you some real identity to be investing in here and now so you'll be less likely to be completely drawn off into the the what if world of online or or whatever the just the what if world of yeah. always thinking about it but not dealing maybe with the life in front of us. Right. Yeah. I think you you, you could cripple yourself so much by having that mentality of like waiting for the one or defining your value on your singleness. So I I would you know advise people in their singleness is really to get get out of themselves meaning you're more than just your singleness right like i'm more than just not having a significant other mm. you know culture the church will tell me otherwise and that is the temptation that is the lie that is the burden that we have to fight with god's word and so i mean to the person who's single in the church it's like there's so much to you more than that right so whatever your passions are your giftings your stresses are like whatever your problems are those are significant those are things we to discover and explore you know, you mentioned Genesis 1 or 2, really, where, you know, oh, Adam was alone. Well, Adam didn't say that. 
Mm. Read your Bible again, right? Mm. Read your Bible clear. Right. It's God who says that. Who says Adam, that. It wasn't Adam like, oh my God, Lord, I, so yeah, I'm so sad and lonely. God, God was the one who came out, which is fine. But yeah. the point is, is this, that when you're busy living life and not being defined by your singleness or the culture, um, there's so much more and, and, and so much more that God can do and, and really move you to, which is good, which is a good fruit. And so I think being busy with what God's already given you already. And there's so much there. If you just really take a look at that. And, and to go to that example with Paul, he's like the, the blessing of my singleness, this flexibility of service, this like, uh, this time mm-hmm. that you would probably think this is like, this is a, this is a great and maybe one of the greatest times for spiritual growth, Absolutely, for yeah. life, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he so appreciates how he's able to just go when yeah. the Lord calls, go when there's a need, um, and then and grow in ways that are just completely and utterly focused on the Lord, um, uniquely focused on the yeah. Lord. Like yeah, it's yeah. not that it's bad to be married, but he, he says it's just the obligations, the practical obligations mm-hmm. of of partnering with someone and raising kids and all these other things mm-hmm. means you're going to have less availability. For sure. Less availability to minister. Mm-hmm. Less availability to, to care for certain people at certain times. I certainly feel that um, with small kids. Like, I just can't do certain things. It's like, I'm sorry, I have mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. help out with the kids. Mm-hmm. Like I have to. So, so from the pastoral perspective, man, and what Paul's saying about his singleness is like, this isn't a waiting for something else. And then finally, this is maybe the time of sort of maximum growth um, mm-hmm. for, for him and for those who are single um, to be really pressing into what the Lord is like calling them to deal with in their hearts, to connect with in their church, to mm-hmm. minister to people, to to really grow and flourish in a way that is actually made possible by yeah. their singleness rather than something else. Um, as a pastor, so and and not just as a single pastor, but as a pastor, what do we do? differently or what can we do differently to make what we're talking about a little clearer to Mm. people who are single who are in our churches as you said like almost half your church Mm -hmm. um a lot of my people are single Mm -hmm. um and and how like i i know like i'm sure almost all my stories are about my kids or about <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm not like yeah. thinking through well enough how I illustrate in sermons yeah. um, using different kinds of people, different kinds of examples. So people are hearing and seeing themselves in different glimpses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that I used to joke around with uh, Zach Salazar that I knew as soon as I had a son, the temptation was to be, Every sermon he's going to show up as an illustration, and that I always hated when pastors like talk about do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. And (laughs) and so I told him, I go, if you ever hear me, you know, I was like, slap me. If you ever hear me, I go, I just want to like, you should just have a bell that you ring during the sermon. Uh You just ring a bell. Uh And um, I mean it. I heard so many times off to my left-hand side, ding, 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 <laughs> that I just was like, okay, you need to just stop it. I'm sorry, I'm uncreative. And, but I remember like feeling partly to resist the pastor and family yes. equals cliche. the best life Super cliche, yeah. that everyone should be hoping for themselves yeah. without me even meaning to say it. This is how happy I am with Lisa and uh. my kids, you know, and I am, and it's mm-hmm. hard to whatever, but, but, the responsibility of the pulpit yeah. is that you're shaping people over time with the proportion of your stories, with how you talk about things, with like the guy, the pastor who can only make illustrations with sports analogies or right, right. Totally, or like yeah. or just all hyper masculine mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. just a crazy, ridiculous, totally, not yeah. good pastor. For sure, for or sure. at least he needs to get better. Yeah. Um, just ignorant, just like myopic, right? Like not seeing half of his people. And that lazy you could deeper into lazy. Well, and how you could discover right. any ways to um that word lazy, it's, it's always the default for me. It's for like, sure. If I haven't thought it through, I can think of something to do with my wife or my yeah, children yeah. because it's like right <laughs> in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So but it could be laziness. For sure. Yeah. Um so how do we do better? How do we how do we think that through better? Do we need to like talk to single Christians in our congregations? Yes, yes, actually yes, hear about yes. their lives. Yes, I'm not saying, of course, yes, but you know what I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think it, 
it starts with the pulpit. It starts yeah. with the language, what you use. It starts with um, making singleness beautiful because it's not, let's just to be real, right? It's not beautiful in the church. Mm. And so what does Paul do? He uplifts single, singles, which is very deviant back in the day, right? Yeah, back in yeah, that day, yeah. it was very similar to us, meaning, oh, if you're Shoot, not married, 13, 14, you're crazy, 15, right? Yeah, yeah. You're crazy, you're weird. <laughs> and then you got this crazy apostle Paul come bar yeah, and say, yeah, yeah. by the way, I'm single, guys. God's good. Right. And by the way, I'm an apostle. Right. And like he spews these beautiful things. And so... We have to do that as well in our sermons and not be, as you said, just very focused on the cliche thing because that is, that is lazy work of a pastor, a preacher. It's just like it's it's just right there, so I'm gonna use it rather than really scoping out the you know, the field of your congregation and see what's really needed there. So making it look beautiful and doable as well. Doable, mm-hmm. like, you know, not just quote Jesus and Paul, but even church historians, like people who are single in the church, mm. um, modern and, you know, in the past, the church fathers is like, sure. these people are excellent Christians right. and they're single. Like, right. and so again, that's, it's doable. It's, right. And it, it, the cry is, oh, it's so hard. Right. Yes, but it's doable. It's, right. it's God will give you the grace. I, I'm with the example here, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. And yeah. so it's, it's, that's the language. That's the curriculum that's in the preaching, the sermons, uh, that's with everything you see in the scripture. So I think there is a way. It's definitely possible as a preacher, because uh, you want them to feel valuable. That's the thing. I, and this is my own personal story. It's like, you know, I hated. I hate. Still do. I hate singles ministry in the church. And mm. I mean, we probably feel the same thing about it. But like, it's like it's so ridiculous to me. Like singles ministry. Like, wh- why do we have to like take these group of people out of the church, make them single in their singleness, right? Right. Just, it's even more awkward and like weird. And label aw- it, it. Yeah. Brand it on them. <laughs> it's like, we get it. We get it. We're, we're weird. Or it becomes like the the, ship, the shipping organization yeah. of like, I'm going to, here's the setup. Exactly. It's the single ministry becomes a dating opportunity <laughs> and people go there looking for dates and yeah. Jesus is not there at all. Communicating the same message. It's just. You really just need to find someone right now. Yeah. It's what are you doing? so bad. Yeah. And so I think. You know, out with singles ministry. No, for real. Like, out with it. You have to do it. Pastors, I know people out there with big churches. I respect that, but do be. We don't do marriage ministry. It, we don't. We don't yeah. do it in that way. Like uh-huh. we do marriage counseling. We, uh-huh. you know, we have married people. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember, uh, I remember someone asking me like, "Hey, we want like a married a marriage Bible study at this church," uh-huh. and I was like. Why? Okay. Well, you can be married uh-huh. and go to Bible study <laughs> at this church twice a week. Um, and it was like we want to grow as a couple. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, uh, if you go to the women's study and he goes to the men's study, you will grow as a couple. But it was like the mentality was right. not unless we're in a couples uh-huh. ministry. Yeah. And I've had people offer to start couples ministries, mm-hmm. and I've been like, well, let's let's just let's just be Christian um, mm-hmm. together. Um, like the answer, at least you and I, you're, the the heart is in the right place. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not dogging, but that's coming from a evangelical world that has already made a program to solve every problem. The fact that they even had language to say we need a couples ministry, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Well, it came from about 30 years of church growth strategy to meet everybody's micro need Mm -hmm. and in that case um the micro need of couples just need to be around other couples Mm -hmm. it's like uh maybe couples need to be around old widows who are not couples and young children who they don't have yet and are someone else's and you know like maybe there is this thing in the church where the body actually needs to be together in its not you-ness and and so you and i are very resistant to programatizing in a way that solidifies sort of these forms or yeah, these like yeah, things yeah. as like an answer yeah, to Yeah, and to that's where the single growth. thing comes in and you know where pastors have to be so cognitive and very aware that this is actually making it worse for them. <laughs> it's like mm. I know intentionally like yeah I want to help them they need their own little they need to suffer with other singles it's like no they need to be like <laughs> suffer with they other need to singles. freaking like be with other S-W-S. church members that are married SOS <laughs> suffer with other singles like Swoops. they need the whole congregation not just yeah. other singles right and right. so that's why I'm saying like those are things that you have to actively cut off because when you make a ministry like that you agree that there's a problem exactly right yeah it's like yeah. oh you're right yeah. We we just need to come around you in this in this moment of mm-hmm. difficult identity of mm-hmm. singleness. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like don't touch me, get away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like you know, so So okay, and then yeah, you, you want to treat anyone in the church 
as you would treat anyone in the absolutely, church. Absolutely, absolutely. And they can, and and people aren't stupid, and they can feel or tell, even if it's from a good motive or a good heart, they can tell if they're being um, excluded by being. Well, 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 tell me this though. Targeted. Like, I get this a lot. Obviously, I'm not married yet, so I haven't experienced this yet. But I've I've been told Christian girls and guys. Once you get married in the church, people treat you differently. It's weird. Like my yeah. all brothers, brother said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my colleagues said that. Totally like true. it's weird how once you get married, then the next week after the honeymoon, they get back. Totally true. All of a sudden, they get all this right. weird respect. I'm yeah. like, you get, what? You get a like, little distance around that's you. That's so lame. People don't assume yeah. that you have their, you know, that they're the most important thing in your life. That you're gonna have space. You're gonna need some space. You're now a grown up, and so you're like, you have you're an adult now. Yeah, you all your problems it. are going away. You're good now. Yes. Now, now you can vote now. You like made it's it. like weird. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> When I, and I, so I heard that. I mean, now you can officially. I heard that when I was, you know, early twenties, twenty twenty one, and I would just be so baffled and like, yeah, "What yeah. the heck? Are yeah. you kidding me?" Yeah. But it's true. It's, it's so true. sad. Okay, so you're saying these things without th- being thought through. These just like reactions we have to yes, people. Yeah. Uh, even the good things that married people are saying. The fact that we would approach them like in any way right. differently Different, or radically yeah. differently, yeah, yeah, yeah. as though whatever, it just all feeds that same narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I've always appreciated about you and and we've talked about this uh, I don't know how many times just as brothers but um, your your connection to the church is a serious one outside of your your role and vocation your belonging to the church your value of the church your place is a part of the church um, but then in addition to that your private life with the Lord, your day-to-day devotional life with the Lord has always been extremely important to you, something that I know you're able to encourage others um, as the necessity that it is because you actually walk it out and you actually, it's carried you through um, all of the challenges, Mm -hmm. you know, life has brought you. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit, so singles, marrieds, you know, anyone, everyone, um, the role of just being connected to the Lord in the Word, um, let's say first just in that personal devotional kind of way, What what is that? How do you encourage that? How do you um, describe that to people? What would you say about that, about the just the connection of any one of us to the Lord through His Word? I, I would say uh, that God number one, loves each of us, right? And so that being the case, uh, you have to dive into that love. It, it's just not automatic, right? Just like any marriage, really any relationship, mm. there's a mutuality, is mutual. So. It's interesting that you even use that, that term, right? Is the body of Christ, totally. the bride of Christ. For sure, yeah. There's your marriage yeah, yeah. Um, that any of us would be a part of no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's already there, but with a personal walk with the Lord, you have to really work on it as an individual. And so I think for anybody in the church as a Christian, single or not, uh, there's work to be done to have a good relationship with God, right? And so I think it comes with prioritizing your life. Um, it comes with understanding the dynamics of relationships in your life too. Right? That's that's a trouble people have with um, their loved ones. It's all, you know, not prioritized. It's out of whack and... Mm. Um, that's where the confusion lies, because if it's not aligned correctly, biblically speaking, then that's where the um, devalue and the high esteem value goes to certain things. Marriage, the kids, singleness. Okay, whatever. so all the stuff we were talking about yes, is a byproduct correct. Of, of, of the lack of... The priority of loves being disordered. Mm-hmm. Totally, right? totally, yeah. So in the right ordering of your loves and your devotion mm-hmm. is, is that, that kind of spiritual language, but... Um, what does that look like on the practical level uh, for you? you can just uh, for me, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely devotion every day with the Lord, uh, reading the Bible, uh, prayer helps a lot. Uh, as I get older, prayer is more of a big, big help for me than it was in my early 20s. Mm. And so really prayer, fasting, fasting is a thing, um, and just meditation, really uh, a simple walk, a simple... Um, car ride uh, with no music or with music, whatever you want, whatever you, helps you really open up your ears to the Lord. That's what you do. And so I think being disciplined in those routines mm. will really, really ground you. So these are routines, habits. Absolutely, um, yeah. They're yeah. set. You, you're going to do them no matter what I never compromise. Like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me, 
I never compromise that ever. Um, I need those things. If I don't do those things, it's like a Snickers bar. I'm hungry. I get angry. Like it's <laughs> insane. People know it. Um, but yeah, it's it's routinely habit and be consistent with that. And that's what's been been helpful throughout the years because I get reminded that my you know uh, value isn't in finding somebody isn't mm. what the church says it's mm. really what god says in his word about me and my condition right now and that is gospel good news right mm. it's like everything else says otherwise the gospel says no you are extremely valued i died for you as is here mm. believe it right by right. faith so um yeah those routinely biblical devotions is key and you've been walking with the lord for <laughs> yeah a over long 25 time. years yeah. yeah um and and there isn't a point at which, like after a conversation like this, there isn't a point at which you don't need the word no, to yeah. remind you of the truth uh-huh. that you may already know, mm-hmm. but but that you don't. And so you don't you don't graduate out of this just because you oh yeah you understood or yeah, yeah, yeah. or you heard a sermon right. and you like it clicked and it made sense yeah, yeah. Um, and so you take a, the next week off or whatever or <laughs> yeah. right like we have those things where we feel oh, I feel pretty full like I you know well fed you know like I got a good word there mm-hmm. um, you know and then I'll maybe take a couple of days off and then uh, I come yeah down. I wish that worked that way. Actually, no, never mind. I don't wish that. <laughs> Only because, you know, ultimately, devotion is not about knowledge or information. And that's the misconception what Christians get all the time. It's like, no, 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 you don't read the Bible to learn primarily. That's like that's the second, third, or mm-hmm. really fifth, sixth reason. The main reason is to enter God's presence wherever you're at so that your soul may be comforted. And that comfort could be strength. It could be wisdom. It could be humility. It could be conviction. Whatever that presence is, it will illuminate that thing you need. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's why we all do it. And so if that is your aim and agenda, oh my God, I need that every day, right? Yeah. It's more than just a knowledge, mental ascent of right. something, right? So um, as humans, we constantly need that, and the Lord's there for us when we make effort and availability to His um, to His Word. And then if someone was to, so they have a regular routine in the Word, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just five, 10 minutes? Is that- yeah. Uh, five ten minutes is fine. Um, obviously, as a pastor, I'm like, go longer, <laughs> go <laughs> well, deeper. Oh, build, build on that. Yeah, be a build start, on that. Starting so, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, f- the first step is find a routine. Um, th- I don't really care if it's five minutes or ten minutes, as long as you do it consistently. Right. And once you get in a consistent routine, then you can move around. Okay, maybe I push it to fifteen minutes, twenty. But really, it's about habit. People struggle with that, right? Yeah. And I get that. And so, really, it's about developing a habit. Uh, finding a time either at work on lunch, right, or in the morning or at evening. You know, people have different p- lifestyles, and that's totally fine. God totally understands that. Mm. And so all you have to do is say, Lord, this is the moment here. I want to be consistent with that. And I'm not even saying every day. It could be four times a, day, a week, right? Mm. That's good enough. And then maybe within six months, then you can do it every day, you know? And so that's what I tell people is, like, find a good habit, a diet that's that's easy for you. It has to be easy first. It has to, to be start. easy, yeah, 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 to start, of course. and then work your way up to change. You know, so yeah, it's all about routine. So don't jump in. Try to be a hero. No, no, no. Hour long no. Bible study. And, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I appreciate up. Christians and pastors who want to do the whole Bible in a year thing. Yeah, and I'm like, you're crushing the people though, because even. It is a lot, yeah. and even as a pastor, I, I, it's a lot for me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can't imagine for others, someone who's yeah. just like a newbie, yeah, someone who's just trying to get yeah, just trying. Started. So I, I, I tell them, don't do the Bible in a year thing. Do like a Bible in a week thing, you know. So which is aligned, hopefully, to the community of church. I tell them, follow the pastor's reading sermon, okay, and do your own devotion and line line them up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Line them up. Okay. So so and and this will, let's let's hit this last. Um, we're we're in the word regularly, but now you're talking about how to sync up your devotional life with the Lord, even that kind of prayer conversation you have during the week with the Lord, with what you're hearing and yeah. going through with the church, mm-hmm. so that there isn't some hard separation between yeah, yeah. my private time with Jesus and the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so bring those two things together a little clearer for me. Um, you encourage people to see what let's say what book you're teaching through mm-hmm. and to and to sort of follow along during in their devotions to see what the lord shows them in those passages correct yeah um and to meditate on those passages further so now they're getting that same word in different 
angles or different Absolutely, forms right, right, yeah. um, as a way to process through the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's more continuity. It doesn't yeah, yeah. just feel like a grab bag of a bunch of different ideas or a bunch of different books, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible can be completely overwhelming. Someone mm-hmm. who's like, what is all this? Mm-hmm. So you're saying one of the best thing, not just for a newbie, but for anybody, is to be tracking a little more closely with the word that's preached mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, how do you encourage people to approach the the hearing of the word so so they're reading they got this routine you emphasize you have to get this habit down start small um and use the book that we're preaching through on sunday so you don't have to guess or or just try to make something up on your own um if that's helpful um then they go to church on sunday and is there a, a posture is there a way to best interact with that word um that can kind of tie some of those things together during the week. Um, so much of church in evangelical land became about a performance, about an emotional high, about dramatic worship, loud, you know, full, you know, whatever, concert kind of effects. Um, and and then Monday feels like a big crap show, right? Like it just feels yeah. like a total come down um, because it's like back to the grind, back mm-hmm. to work, back to difficult relationships, back to boredom, back to sitting in traffic. Um, and we maybe accidentally made church Sunday morning feel like it was in a totally different world. Um, but what I hear you're saying is, is in some ways, ways to connect those worlds so that this is one world yeah, and one sure. experience. Yeah. So I, it is so totally connected. It's as a Christian who is part of a community of Christ, you have somebody, the pastor, in your life, over your life, who knows you, should know you, knows who you are, your strengths and weaknesses. What better than have somebody like that to preach the word over you that knows your needs? That like that's that's the spiritual coach. You have them, so you utilize them. And the way you utilize them, not just one on one appointments with him, but as a listening to him during a sermon and, and listening to the word of God through his words that God's given him that, that week and then lining that up with your own devotional life in that week. So it's really connecting the dots and that takes work. A lot of people don't like to hear that, but mm. this isn't passive listening. It's right. like, you have to listen. Like you have to, you know, speak Lord, servants here. He's, right. he's, I'm trying to like figure out who you are. A real posture of desire, yeah, expectation. Like, and, and it's so simple because you have your own devotion life with the Word, and then you have the devotion life with your community of believers, and that's so, it. I love the way you say that, that devotional life with the community. Yeah. So like, it's not some event. No, 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 not, not an experience. Event. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's just extending your devotional life into that devotional life together with others. And that's it. Like, that's it. Don't freak out, Christian. Don't freak out. Because people freak out on that because, oh, well, then they have to somehow give more money or give more time and it's like no no that that comes naturally my commitment yeah it just comes naturally however that may be and so they overthink that and the other at the same time as well the other thing that kind of hinders that kind of healthy walk is there's so many other voices out there too you got christian radio and then you got my pastor's sermon on sunday and then on Thursday, I have this thingy outside of this mm, church, right? and then mm. on Monday, I have this podcast. <laughs> so these all these other- Boo, <laughs> go down with that sort <laughs> of thing. As long <laughs> as the podcast is aligned up to the pastor at your Hey-o. church, and so like you have all these voices, and so if you just kind of narrow it down and just stick to your own devotional life priority, mm. and then mm. your pastor's sermon through the community of your local church, you're going to be okay. You'll be okay. Of course, you could dabble more into it, but first get those two down because right. if you don't, Simplify the things that you don't. It's gonna in. clog the the hole that God's God trying to speak to you. Right, right. So yeah, you would just it would just be too much. It yeah, totally. Too much, uh, and then potentially, like you're saying, you've been if you've been play, called by God, if we've all been called by God to be a part of a church, that means He has given us. Paul says in Ephesians, He has given us mm-hmm. pastors and teachers. Yeah, and you're saying like. You don't need to like you know uh, farm that out to like <laughs> no. a bunch of pastor podcasts for sure for, for people sure. you don't know and churches sure. you're not a part of right. even though that's available and mm-hmm. tempting and there's some really powerful speakers out there mm-hmm. it's not hating on them mm-hmm. or anything like that it's saying you have been given uh, in the local context people to know you pray for you who hear your requests mm-hmm. or your needs who mm-hmm. are connected to the challenges mm-hmm. and the joys in your life um that is a gift of of personal um sort of devotion in and under the word of god in the local church that 
can get crowded out, you're saying, by just having such an overfull schedule. For sure, for or sure. Too many different. And, and I say that out of my own failure. I when I was younger, mm. I I lacked that. Um, I I I didn't make connections with my pastor. Um, one reason was that was at a mega church where he was distant, but other small churches I had my experiences. I I didn't do that, and I, I that's what I do regret mm. because I think I would have grown faster in certain areas if I was more. Um, you know, personal with my pastor when he, and he was, it's just, I chose not to because of whatever reasons I was young and dumb at the time. And so now that I'm in these um, bigger responsibility shoes in a church, I see now how awesome and cool and just like helpful that it could be for somebody. And like you have that person available to you, just use them. It's, it's, he's just not a speaker on Sunday morning, right? He's a real person too, yeah. and his and he 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 loves to help his members. Trust me, mm. you will never burden him with a Bible question. Mm. He 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 gets so happy. A pastor gets so happy <laughs> about that. <laughs> like I, I, this is what I'm here for. Like I want to help you. I want to pray for you. I yeah. want to like like I know who you are. You've been waiting for you know so many years on this job. I know what you're going through. Right. right. So let me pray with you right now. And like like so don't don't like um, overlook that um, availability and yeah. that tool in the church. Uh, Aaron, last question. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine there's a young woman, maybe 30s, maybe 40s, um, single. Um, it, I feel like the burden can be heavier on on, on yes. girls. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot, a lot of uh, strong, mature Christian men in the world out there potentially for example um or at least it can it can seem that way um she's been walking with the lord for more than a few years um she goes to church she mm-hmm. she, she loves the lord um but it's hard it's mm-hmm. just really hard and and even when people don't mean to and even when no one no one even even sending out those vibes uh she feels those vibes because there is a real desire to be married someday Mm-hmm. And she thought it was going to happen earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't know what to do with that desire. She knows it's not supposed to be an obsession. It's not supposed to replace right. all the things you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the thick of that moment, um, how do you encourage her mm. in the place she's at, mm. um, in the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, What would you say as a pastor, as her pastor? Yeah, I, w- I would tell her you're in good company with the saints I think your deep desire for a significant other is not dumb. It's not wrong. It's it's beautiful, actually. However, in that unfulfilled moment and those pains of dealing with it, um, she's not alone. Jesus dealt with the same thing. Paul has. Even Peter married people. We all have, I, not to be cliche, but those are the crosses we bear. And so those pains of, of not having that desire fulfilled, it's that's proof that you're in God's word and life and will. That 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 as Christians at times we will have to go through that kind of stuff. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. And in your sorrow, in your pain of singleness, uh, it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to tell God that. And God will sustain you in it and it's it's not a bad thing that's the only thing i can say but it's what you feel is not a bad thing it's a good thing and christ is carrying you through it i see the grace in you right and so um she might not see the grace because she's living in it but i do and others do and god doesn't waste that that god does not waste that that sacrifice that she's doing if she's again assuming she's faithful not living in sin if she's pursuing god she's you know serving the church like and she's suffering from singleness. I, like, that is not wasted at all. And so I would remind her that her life is valuable, that she is productive, and that she is extremely, extremely a good example of, of Christ-likeness, of mm. being, living that sacrificial pain that she mm. has. You know, Christ had to give up things, did he not? And so as he gave up heaven, all his beautiful glory, she is too pursuing God and not letting go of God, right? She could easily mm. turn her back on God. She could easily go all these type of things, sinful things, and she is not. And the fact that you're still here, sister, that is remarkable. That is honor. That is glorious. And so that's something I would comfort her on and, and, and really be thrilled about because she's such an encouragement. And we have things to learn from her. Absolutely, yeah. No, she's, she's teaching us a lot with her, um, her faithfulness.
Pastor Aaron Gomez, thank you so much, brother, uh, for joining yep. me on this. And uh, we will certainly have you back to talk to talk a, a few other topics. But I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this uh, topic in particular and just the practical ways that we walk with Jesus. I wish you all the very best at your church in the Bay Area. You have my prayers. I know that the people are lucky to have you. I hope I hope uh, some of them stop trying to set you up with <laughs> their daughters or whatever. Granddaughters. Or granddaughters, depending on, you have a little older congregation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do know that. Um, but I would say a similar thing, not that you need to hear it, but uh, that you are a blessing that in your singleness and your devotion to Christ and his people, um, that is an example that, hey, look, this is not just possible, but you can thrive and you can mm-hmm. be a blessing to, to other people in ways that um, you may not realize how how great your effect was because of that season. Um, and you certainly weren't waiting um, to pursue the Lord's call in your life. Uh, you weren't trying to check that box before or whatever. And, and not a lot of people have seen that. And not a lot of people have seen um, how to walk forward and move forward into the goodness of a calling and the fullness of a life uh, devoted to Jesus, to his people, to his church. Um, with that piece, you know, at, at coming at a different moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord and for just the evidence of grace through you uh, to others uh, because of that faithfulness. Thanks for coming on, taking yeah, the time. Yeah, much love, man. All Thanks right. for having me. We'll talk soon. My friends, as we near the end of season one of this podcast project, we are wondering if there is enough interest and investment, frankly, in our listeners who want to hear a season two. If you are interested in this going forward into a second season, we would ask that you would visit the website from babylonwithlove.com. Click on the donate button for a, a one-time donation or a recurring monthly donation. We would hugely appreciate that, and it would also help us to make that decision about planning and preparing for season two. Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. If you found any of this interesting, we do hope you will share the podcast, that you will rate us on iTunes with those five sweet stars, and and that you will subscribe, and that you will tell your friends and your neighbors and your relatives and your mother Lois to subscribe, and your sweet, sweet grandmother, old grandmother Eunice. Eunice should definitely subscribe. Until next time, may you live well, think well, and love well. Godspeed.